Mic check one, two, one, two. Is this recording? Is this on? Can you hear me? Ladies and gentlemen, I welcome you to another episode of Wrestlers with Experience. I, myself, are the host of this show, Dietrich Davis, and I am one half of the most illustrious tag team in the world. My co-host and tag team partner, Mark Morell. Usually I go through all the AKAs and PKAs, for those who don't know, also known as, and PKA also it stands for publicly known as. But I want to talk about something very important. And today's episode is about re- can the WWE rebuild the road to WrestleMania? Not this year, but for future WrestleManias. Around this time of the year, we all enjoy WrestleMania season. It's when we ask the most questions. It's where we wonder who's doing this, who's going into the Rumble, who's surprisingly winning the Rumble, who's, who's, who's going to be the guest spots in the Rumble, and all of this beautiful bullshit. And then we get the Elimination Chamber, and we go, great, we're going to figure out Who's going to be the other challenger for the other title on the on on the show that was not sele- on the on the show's champion that was not selected to go into WrestleMania? And we get shitted on this year by the world title being defended right after the chamber on one show and the world title being defended in the chamber on another show. But we tend to give WrestleMania a pass because we're happy that we're getting the biggest show in sports entertainment. If you don't like what I'm saying, go fuck yourself. WrestleMania is the biggest show in sports entertainment. New Japan can barely touch their toenails and being bigger than WWE of the biggest show a year with Wrestle Kingdom. AAA can barely touch WWE's point pinky uh, toe toenail in reaching a high point of their biggest show of the year. Impact, forget about it. And AEW is still establishing. And the other companies that follow behind and so on and so on and so on. Which means WWE's responsibility to us is setting the bar. And what we are consistently forgetting about WWE or what WWE is forgetting is that the wrestlers are the product and we are the consumer. But this year's WrestleMania is being shitted on simply because it's Peacock's WrestleMania, a new round of investments a new home for the WWE Network, guaranteeing it 25 to 30 million viewers on a WrestleMania. It's a part of the package. Guaranteeing a different presentation. It's a part of the package. And this year's WrestleMania, ironically, is uniquely the most important WrestleMania in the company's history. Some would say WrestleMania won. WrestleMania 3, WrestleMania 14, WrestleMania 6, and a few more in between. But the reality of the situation is this is a in-pandemic WrestleMania. See, the first the WrestleMania, excuse me, um, from last year, that, that WrestleMania was a little bit different. 
we just entered a pandemic. We didn't know what we was doing with ourselves. We didn't know how we was going to, they didn't know how they were going to handle it. It was all types of presentations. And then here we are, WrestleMania, April 10th and 11th, 2021, a two-night event, something that New Japan might have created, but Triple H first mentioned four years ago on an investment call that the possibility of holding WrestleMania over the course of two nights is an, it will be a possible reality. And New Japan jumped on the concept a few years later and made it work giving us two great nights of Wrestle Kingdom that didn't over fatigue people and giving more wrestlers more wrestling time and opportunity, not using WrestleMania in a way to bury one person to celebrate them all, though each one wrestler and a series of wrestlers are going to have to eat pins. But at least it's an earned eating of the pin. I had to be long-winded with the opening of this so you can understand where I'm going to go with you on this particular podcast. I want you to understand that this WrestleMania may damage the next few WrestleManias where it may take three to four WrestleManias for them to recover. But they're giving us the short end of the stick with poor booking poor storylines, and a series of over-convoluted pieces of content that makes no sense. Those who've listened to this show for the last 150 episodes, this is season four, episode 151 of the Wrestlers With Experience podcast. And if you've listened to the last 150 episodes with the great audience that I have, you would already know that I've called out some shit that became a reality. You already know that I have people in the company that are great friends of mine, people who have uh, reached high stakes in that company to where they're major decision makers or being derailed by the way the system is being ran by an old man who should be gone and Bruce Pritchard. Oh, we're going to talk about a few things in future episodes, but you're not talking to a person who does not know how that company works, especially when it's at one point in time, we've almost done business. I want it to be very clear that if you write me a check, I'll snitch on everybody I know in the company. Oh, I'm willing to. I'm willing to snitch. I can tell you who's leaking information to who and how they are leaking the information. It's a lot of frustration in that company. But the most important people to take care of in the WWE, if you're not going to meet them financially, you got to meet them with their egos and the characters that they're developing on television. You got to make sure the talent at least feels appreciated if they are not getting the financial benefit of what they are helping WWE hold strong. There is nothing wrong with the WWE roster. WWE has a better roster than all of the companies put together. Triple H has made it his business to get the top tier talent. Let's applaud that motherfucker on that.
And then we have it when they get to the main roster. And Vince McMahon sees a different view than what H has spent two and three years and millions of dollars. The performance center costs, I believe, roughly between 47 to $75 million a year to run. This is a multi-million dollar investment that they are making over there on the, in, at the performance center and then moving them into the gold brand. They have the best talent from all over the world. It shows it. There are some people who are going to say New Japan has the best talent. No, they don't. Impact has the best talent. No, they don't. They can't afford to buy the best talent. You want to know why the New York Yankees is the best fucking team at one point in baseball? And I'm not a baseball fan. I don't give a fuck about baseball. It's because Stone, because those motherfuckers knew how to go buy a player. You know what made the Bulls so good? Oh, they had a great coach. They had the triangle defense. They had Jordan, Pippen, Kukoc, all of them. But you know what made them great? that they had the money to put the players in the room. See, I was once taught that you don't have to be the smartest man in the room. You just got to put all the smartest people in the room with you and let them work. That's what they did in Chicago. Six rings later, could have been eight if Jordan never left. I'm not a basketball fan. Fuck basketball. (laughs) A fan to none of you. But now I want you to sit back and think. You guys, I'm not a wrestling fan. (laughs) A fan to none of them. I am a supporter of wrestling. I am an investor of wrestling. I don't celebrate no one in their fandom. I will support the success and be a part of the support of success. But I do love the business of professional wrestling. And what we're seeing happening to us Right now, before our eyes, is one of the most foul and upsetting, upsetting and frustrating moments in WWE's business of professional wrestling. It's not the two-night event. We know that works. It's what they're giving us to say, this is what you're going to get. I used to have a teacher in high school. <laughs> talking in the 90s, baby. This motherfucker would say, we would bullshit him and he would say, don't piss down my back and tell me it's raining. And WWE is literally pissing on our backs and saying it's raining. As I said earlier in this episode, about eight minutes ago, you can tell it is a shit show on how they're going to put together the showcase of the immortals. It is a shit show of what they're giving us. We do not know who the champion is facing. Remember back in the Attitude Era and before that, when the man won the Royal Rumble, we knew who he was going to WrestleMania with. The belt didn't even change hands. It was held up in the air and waited for these two men to meet on that night. They were even given lighter schedules so they don't even hurt themselves. But now we have world champions defending the, the Universal and WWE Championship in the chamber and after the chamber. And then we got the Fastlane pay-per-view coming up, which there shouldn't even be a pay-per-view between the chamber and WrestleMania. I've always felt that. I always felt it should be two months of just pure 
Monday and Friday or whenever SmackDown gets moved around and now NXT, three days a week of building superb storylines from simplistic to complicated to all point uh, to to complicated to comedy all points of every piece of type of content that they can give us when it comes to the presentation of WrestleMania so we can get our 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 cinematic stories before each match and what does it mean we want to cheer we want to do this that and the other this is the first time they're being back in front of the fans since last year before WrestleMania and they're going to throw us anything because the idea comes to be they'll just be happy to be back in the building. They'll just be happy to be back in the building. Doesn't that sound like an insult to you? I'm just happy. I'm, I'm just happy. I'm getting a piece of pussy. But you're on top of the ugliest, fattest, most horrible smelling thing on the world. But you happy to get a piece of pussy, right? The WWE made almost three billion dollars the year before, two years before, on television deals, and now on a streaming deal made another one billion dollars. And you telling me they can't show us a little bit of respect? And give us something proper to appreciate. Because what happens is they'll put anything together. And like and like the last few WrestleManias, we'll go, oh, that was good. No, we're caught up in the hype and the idea of WrestleMania. So they're not challenged to put something together that is star-studded and on fucking point. The goal is to build up to each WrestleMania. There was a point when Vince McMahon would know who was going into next year, how he was doing it, and he would at least have his top three or four matches booked on an eight and nine match or sometimes ten match show. That is no longer the case. And as we all like to do, we all like to play magical booker and what we would do and what match would be this and what match would be that. And I'm going to change the game on that just a little today. We're not going to look at this as being a booker. What we're going to look at is what I'm going to present to you guys is how to reestablish the Royal Rumble. What we're going to look at is, is how to reestablish with something that's still fairly young, the Elimination Chamber, since they moved it to after Rest, uh, after the Royal Rumble and, uh, and the final lead in of what we were getting in our main events going into WrestleMania. So there's going to be a new set of rules, and I'm going to start now. Bear with me. I went off on a little bit of a rant for 15 minutes. Y'all know how the fuck I give it up. Oh, and tonight I'm drinking um, tequila mixed with pineapple juice. One On the rocks. Let's rebuild the road to WrestleMania. I want you guys to sit back and listen. And if you don't like it, email me. Shit on my idea. Tell me you don't know what the fuck you're talking about or call me a fucking genius. But I'm not one of these people, as you've heard me say on the show, who don't know what he's talking about. I've worked in film and television for years. I understand the corporate side. I understand the fan side. I understand the investor side. 
And I understand what the television networks want and what the pay-per-view companies want. And I and because I've done business with streaming platforms before, I know what the streaming systems want. So this is me creating a formula that benefits everyone. Most importantly, you as a fan and supporter of the WWE and the business of professional wrestling. With that being said, let's begin. We all know the history of Rumble. It was what it was, and eventually it became what they crowned a number one contender. And then the same thing with the Chamber. It was a great way to have a new, aggressive, and bloody match. And then that ended up becoming a new way to, a secondary way to lead into other main events in WrestleMania, without question. But I think the issue becomes that we don't have a reason to put guys in the rumble. It's just who's not injured, who's available, and what can we and what and what nostalgic moment we can create. And that's not how we should look at the road to WrestleMania anymore, straight up and down. If we're looking at it like that, then we're making a lot of grand mistakes. So now it has to come down to we realize wrestling has no breaks. It's a 50 two-week system, no vacation, no off time. So what we now have to do is reestablish each wrestler's record. You know, um, AEW said we're going to make wins and losses count, and that's the one thing they lost track of. And if you're going to make wins and losses count, it has to be for a purpose or goal that they are leading themselves into. So if WWE literally said, We've heard other people say this before, but this is where wins and losses counts for the first time ever in history. And now going forward, your record will determine if you go into the Royal Rumble starting the night after WrestleMania. 13 pay-per-views in a year. I believe that they do. They should bring it down to fucking eight. But 13 pay-per-views plus, plus, 52 weeks of television on your respected brand. That means a wrestler can earn 52 wins and a bonus 13 wins. What is that bringing them to? I, I, I lost my mind. 64 wins. If you, let's say if, you, if it's 12 pay-per-views, that's 64 wins. That means you now, you did with something baseball and football has done where wins and losses now can count. And the only way that you can qualify for the Royal Rumble is if you have a minimum of 15 to 20 to 25 wins. Now, what that forces WWE creative to do is to sit back and say, hey, okay, this is how we're writing storylines. This is who goes over this week. This is who goes over that week. And when I'm breaking this down, I'm meaning this for the female Rumble and the male Rumble. The women's Rumble and the men's Rumble. Now... If you are a champion, tag team, Intercontinental, Worlds, and so on and so on and so on, on all of the brands from NXT UK to NXT India and blah, 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 you will not be allowed to enter the Royal Rumble if you are a title-holding champion going in. That forces them to write better storylines for the belts. That means... You could say, if we want Roman Reigns to go into the Rumble, let's make sure he doesn't have a title. How do we properly design a story? 
Now you go. Now you have it where every week we're going. They can say such and such has ten losses, six wins this year. This is not looking good. This gives that sports element to it that it needs. If you're going to make the Royal Rumble mean something, that means the Royal Rumble is always on wrestlers' minds because the goal is to main event WrestleMania. That is what they sell us, the fans, but they never truly give us that story until two month, until into January to April of WrestleMania. And then as you see it now, they're not even giving us a proper story until fucking March. Anyhow, moving forward, excuse me, moving forward. So you need at least 15 to 20, maybe 25 wins to qualify to get into the Rumble. Now, that means, hey, Dietrich, you just buried half the roster because now they don't have to focus on the people they don't want to go in the Rumble or who they don't believe in. No. Now you're going to have those wrestlers who's obviously going to have the worst records. One win, 52 losses. So many wins, 52 losses. He got five, He got 10 wins, but he was injured for a whole year. So the, most, the, the people with the least amount of wins would then go into a series of type of matches or an elimination gauntlet style match where they would wrestle each other to compete to get into the Royal Rumble. And that person who succeeds at competing and going into the Royal Rumble. That means after they, let's suppose you do an Elimination Chamber style match, not the chamber itself, but you do, you know, a um, the the beat the clock challenge or whatever. You do a gauntlet match. You do whatever with those 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 ten or twelve wrestlers in a tournament style system, so they could qualify. Because they failed and they've done the worst, they have to go through the most grief. And the person who wins, the person with the lowest amount of wins, the group of men with the lowest amount of wins, after they beat each other, they now have to go in to the number one spot in the Royal Rumble. You don't get the benefit of the doubt because they don't know where to book you. Those first couple of spots are for the worst people in the company. You're the, you're the worst wrestler. You're the worst. You, you had a bad year. This is where you're at. But then that goes, what if the guy has the best record in the Rumble? The wrestler with the best record automatically goes in at number 30. So we know already that there's an advantage coming in at number 30, and we make it a disadvantage coming in at number one, solidifying and giving those two spots the most important factors. Because you can have a, a, a great superstar like John Cena who's been out all year, and he comes in at spot. He, he automatically he's he's wrestling and he's earned his spot for number one. And then you can give that value. Cause if you look at Edge, Edge only wrestled what twice last year? And then he came back. You could have did that type of tournament thing in, in fucking December. And then there he goes. He's right into the Royal Rumble, entering at number one, and then wins. That gives that number one spot some fucking value. That's all I'm saying. Number the, the, that that solidifies those number one and in that in the number thirty spots, and also having those matches with the wrestlers with the worst record now gives the fans an opportunity to say, "Hey, I like this guy. Maybe they should invest. Maybe I should watch more of his matches. Maybe I should buy his more merchandise." And it allows WWE to do more things creative with the people who are sitting in catering or people who don't get many opportunities as other established wrestlers. Another element that I would add to the Rumble, given it utmost importance, is that the last four members eliminated in the Rumble are automatically going into the chamber match. 
for a possibility to win the WWE or Universal Championship for their respected show. So the winner of the Royal Rumble immediately declares who he's facing that following week. Now we know what show is up for grabs. Let's suppose he chooses the, champ, the WWE champion over there on Monday Night Raw. Then guess what? We now, the chamber match now goes to the SmackDown show. But someone from Raw can get the opportunity to go to SmackDown and win the WWE championship because they could have been the last four men standing in the Rumble. Maybe it could have been someone from NXT, last four standing, or the first four spots. Now, to give you even more, the wrestler with the longest time in the Rumble that was eliminated will go in number five in the chamber. And the wrestler with the most eliminations that was eliminated will go in as number six, six in the chamber. So now we just gave the Royal Rumble heavy details of importance and something that can be talked about all year. When you watch the NFL, the first thing they're talking about is the, the Super Bowl team. What's going to get them to the Super Bowl? What's going to get them to the playoffs? Ladies and gentlemen, the Elimination Chamber in the Royal Rumble is the playoffs of the WWE. And we have to make it feel like this is what they're fighting for all year long. Making wins and losses count. What AEW failed at. What wrestling history failed at. The only time wins and losses counted was when Goldberg did it. One of the best things Eric Bischoff did, even though he didn't build new talent, but we kept, but those two, that, that hundred and something wins, we loved it. But moving forward. Now, once the two WWE, once the WWE champion number one contender is decided, and once the Universal Champion contender is decided from the Royal Rumble all the way to the Elimination Chamber, the WWE Championship is no longer defended until WrestleMania, which means this is the main fucking event. That is it. Oh, and if you are a holder, if you are a holder of the Money in the, uh, the, Money in the Bank briefcase, you cannot go into the Royal Rumble or the Elimination Chamber. And if you have cashed in your Money in the Bank briefcase and either won the WWE Championship or won the WWE Universal Championship, you will no longer be allowed to enter the Royal Rumble or the Elimination Chamber. So winning that briefcase eliminates you from those two possibilities, whether you're holding on to it past those points or, or you've cashed in and won or lost your opportunity to win the respected title. That's giving that match more value because now that forces creative to be more intelligent. This creates the sports element that WWE may need. It gives the WWE creative team a real chance to do something great. That is how I would rebuild the road to WrestleMania. It's not complicated. It's not hard. 
It's not an easy concept to wrap our brains around. It can create more podcasts for us to talk about. It could create, well, why did they, why they buried him all year long? They did this, they did that. It could create a new range of story writing. You're a multi-billion dollar corporation with billion dollar television and streaming contracts at this time. You're going to have more casual viewers with Peacock now being involved and this, that, and the other. We're in a game of ratings are good, but how many streaming numbers do we got? If you are one of those fans or one of those people who love wrestling and you're still talking about ratings, you are in the fucking world. You are in a analog world that has left you in 1999. That's not the game anymore. Back in the day, if you use music as an example, if you bought a physical album, that meant something. Now, if you stream the album, it means more than buying the album. A, 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 a musician can go platinum and diamond and gold and bronze off of just streams, and they're still getting plaques because Billboard said we will honor it because no one's buying music no more. The rating will always be there, but it's not as important as a stream. And with that stream and that with that stream being more powerful as it has been in the music industry, as it's showing the film industry, it has to relate in sports and sports entertainment. If we are creating a simulation for the fans to watch, which is what wrestling is. Pardon me as I take a sip of my drink. So now, five million streams may mean nothing to you if you're not internet savvy or you're not business savvy on that element. But the reality of the situation is the, the television spot, the television is dying. They're trying to get you in that six by seven box on your phone or your Apple TV, or your Roku device, or your smart television, and so on and so on and so on. It's about the stream, ladies and gentlemen. And this, if we're creating a sports element, now if Fox wants to do a proper wrestling show, we could say, hey, Roman Reigns came, even though he's the WWE champion, he came in with only 16 wins this year. How is he still allowed to be the champion if he's only done 16 wins? Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. With Tommaso Ciampa over there on NXT, he had he had a he had a great year, forty two wins. Remember when the Bulls had the best record in NBA history? We could be talking about Jesus Christ. Randy Orton got sixty one wins this year. He only took one loss. This man is walking in to the Royal Rumble at th number thirty with a possibility to steal the main event of WrestleMania because his superb record. Or we could be saying Randy Orton had a rough year, ladies and gentlemen. He only has nine wins, which puts him in a contingency where he now has to compete for the number one spot to go into the Royal Rumble for the possibility to go to WrestleMania. So what if you got that wrestler who got shitted on? Well, he got injured. He's like Edge, and he came in at number one. But he was the 29th man eliminated out the Royal Rumble. The conversation would be, Jesus Christ, he comes back from a wild injury. He has less than 10 wins on his whole record for the year. He's coming into WrestleMania. 
He's coming in back into the WrestleMania season. He's going to have to qualify to go into the Royal Rumble. Jesus Christ, he qualified the one into the Royal Rumble. He made it to the last four. He got eliminated. 27th, 27th contender eliminated from the Royal Rumble. This now, now this wild cards him into the elimination chamber, ladies and gentlemen. We now have an opportunity to take Edge. Edge now has the opportunity to steal the main event of WrestleMania, to get the spot that he feel he deserves on his great comeback win. Can he win the chamber? Can this be a possibility? What I just did there was create what football and baseball and basketball fans have to say. We could talk about all the great matches and bad storyline writing, but when we can talk about wins and losses and numbers and how we make shit count, oh, God damn, that changes the fucking game. Now, Jesus Christ, like, as just one, now when you're doing these talking smacks or whatever, this, that, and the other, hey, he had the opportunity. He came in, he had a great year, he did this, that, and the other. That was his last opportunity, you know, the, the numbers reset the night after WrestleMania. So that Monday night row after WrestleMania, everybody's numbers are reset. And now they have another opportunity to get the possibility of 64 wins, 12 pay-per-views, 52 weeks of television. Or they're going to have the possibility of getting no wins. This, is how, this, this now gives you reins to work with injured wrestlers that you want to shoot to the top. How many, losses did, how many wins and losses did we have them at? Fuck, okay, well, let's write them into that. What I'm doing is is eliminating complicity from the writing team and Vince McMahon and Triple H and all of them and Bruce Pritchett so when they sit down, they can go, shit, okay, well, we got this. Jinder Mahal been out all year. He only has three wins. Well, we want him to be a part of WrestleMania. We want to put him in the title. We want to put him in the title picture but not have him win the title. Great. We could put him in those guys, those those six to ten guys who got the worst records in the company, run them through the tournament, win the tournament, going at number one, and we could tell the story of the number one and the number 30. But we could also tell the stories of the other competitors all year. It creates more talking points. It makes it look like a simulated sport instead of someone being told this is this, this is that. You can still do all of that. But it gives commentary something. It gives us that sports casting of feel. That's how the UFC does it, wins, losses. NFL wins, losses. NBA wins, losses. NHL wins, losses. Major League Baseball wins, losses. Soccer, every sport in the world works off of wins, losses. If WWE is going to rebuild the system and the road to WrestleMania, wins and losses based off of how you are going in or not going into the Royal Rumble, and the chamber is the only way to do it. That is what I would have presented. This is it. This is what I'm presenting. Shit, should I've said it on this show has ended up on the and ended up on Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. Go to 150 episodes. Go do your fucking homework. That's how we give it up over here. I'm saying, make it mean something. I said on a few episodes ago, this is the throwaway WrestleMania. It is Peacock's WrestleMania. It is not a WrestleMania for the fans. And Bianca Belair is going to suffer. 
and Roman Reigns is going to suffer and Sasha is going to suffer and the whole roster is going to suffer. The Royal Rumble, the Elimination Chamber and the road to WrestleMania has to mean something. It's just a match that we see and they could just pick a random Joe Smo to win. And they can still do that, but give us some story on how we're getting to the Joe Smo to win. Wouldn't you like more of that? Wouldn't you like that chamber match? Because right now the chamber match don't mean shit to the road to WrestleMania. They devalued the elimination chamber, which means you devalued the road to WrestleMania. The Royal Rumble almost didn't mean shit. We should be pulling out, yo, such and such got so, yeah, looking online, such and such got so many losses, such and such guys this, such and such has that. Shit, he can't go into the Royal Rumble. It creates more conversation. And us wrestling fans, you wrestling fans, and us supporters, a fan to none of you, y'all know how I give it up. This is how we create the perfect road to WrestleMania. This is how we bring back that sports element to the road to WrestleMania. Ladies and gentlemen, if you do not know who I am, if this is your first time listening, my name is Dietrich Davis. I go by many names, as you may know. We've been doing this podcast for 150 episodes. Since the pandemic, Mark has been recording individual shows from his house to go up on this on this podcast show, and I have been recording, and we've been knocking it out. And I feel proud that we've reached 150 episodes. All I'm trying to say is, let's make this shit work. Hopefully, WWE will hear me. I don't need a job. I don't want a job. You want to cut me a check? Cut me a check. I'll take a check. But we need something different. I thank you once again for listening to another episode of Wrestlers with Experience. I am your host, Dietrich Davis. My co-host, Mark Morrell, will be bringing you stuff from from New Japan and NWA and other wrestling promotions around the world. And as you know me, my name is Dietrich Davis. I go by, I go by pub, I'm publicly known as King Bumaye, publicly known as the giant, still in that from Stone Cold Steve Austin, because I'm a global icon and national treasure. Also known as Diamond Head, also known as the Gaijin King for my people in Japan, also known in Germany as Vata and Furia and Rice Counselor, also known to the people in Russia as Mervai Linda. Motherfuckers, when I get on this microphone, I am the god of professional wrestling and the god of podcasting. It is what it is. I'm just talking shit. I catch you guys on the next episode. I thank you for, uh, this is the first episode, episode 151, season four of Wrestles with Experience. We appreciate you. We thank you. Catch you on the next episode.